Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. All right, so are we ready for the message this morning? All right, so hopefully we're going to be able to open up our hearts, open up our spirits, open up our minds, and receive what God is going to do this year. And so the message I have entitled for this first season, for this first day, is called Brand New Day. Brand New Day. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm expecting a brand new day, a brand new year, a brand new blessing, a brand new anointing. Right? Who's with me? Yes? Yes. All right. So, what does start starting something new feel like? You ever thought about it? New job, new role, new adventure, new journey, new marriage, new city, new year. To be honest, some of it is filled with excitement and some of it is a bit scary, right? Because you just don't know what it's going to turn out like. There's the pressure of living up to expectations when you start something new, especially if it's a new job. You know, you want to go in there, you want to do a good job, you want to impress the people that hired you, that thought that you were amazing when you did the interview. And so you want to do it. There's a little bit of pressure. It's a little bit scary because you're still trying to get your footing, still trying to get things organized. You know, new role. Maybe you're moving to a new city. You don't know where things are. You have to figure out where to go, what to do, how to live, where to buy your food, how you get to work, all this stuff. What about being a parent? That's a scary thought, right? It's exciting to have a baby, but then there's the role of raising this child. And maybe you've never been a parent before, and so you rely on some other people to give you advice and give you some wisdom on how to raise a child correctly. So yes, there's a lot of excitement for something new, but it can also be scary and intimidating at the the same time. So starting a new year is kind of like that. We've just come through 2022, and For some of us, we've not had the best year. We've had some ups and we've had some downs. We've had some valleys and we've had some excitements. You know, lots of things in our world was different that some of us had never seen before in our lifetime and hoped not see in our lifetime again. Things in this world changed so drastically. Prices went up. Joy went down. (laughs) Because you have to pay more for what you get, what you got before. So things changed drastically. And here at Transform, we had our ups and downs as well. You know, one of the biggest celebrations that we had last year was we moved into this amazing new building. Isn't that awesome? So one of the things that we need to remind ourselves through our seasons is that whether we go up or whether we go down, God is always with us. He is consistent in our life. He is not a fair-weather friend that just sticks with us when things are going well. He's with us through the valleys. He's with us through the deepest despair. He's with us to the heights of joy. God is our constant friend. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He is there with us through all uncertain times and through the certain times of our life. And it is that consistency of who He is in our life that we hope to reflect to him. He is consistent. He is constant. He is ever present. And so when we turn the, the mirror on ourselves, the reflection on ourselves, are we the same with him as he is with us? 
And so here at the genesis of a new year, brand new year, still got that new car smell. You're still taking off the packaging, that fresh, nice smell of a new car, you know, the blank canvas of a new year. What do you hope this year turns out to be? Like last year, better than last year, a new step, as Eddie was saying, you know, stepping up to a new level in your life. So what do you hope that this year brings to you? A great year, a fabulous year, a spectacular year, something that you can talk about for the rest of your life and say, that 2023, that was the year. Is it a year for trying new things? A year for exploring new places? Going to a place you've never done? Trying something you've never done before? Maybe it's a year for you to grow in your faith. A year to grow in God like never before. So what have you made? And most of us at this time, it's eight days into the new year, we've come up with some resolutions, right? We've decided that this year is going to be different because we're going to put some things in place that we're going to implement. That's what New Year resolutions are. We've talked about this. You've talked about it with your friends. You've talked about it with your family members. You've told them this is going to be different. And most of us, most of us make New Year's resolutions. This is going to be the year that I get fit. This is the year that I'm going to get my dream job. This is the year I'm going to plan my finances better and get things in order and maybe get a house or, or, you know, get that new place in the country or something like that. But stats tell us that New Year resolutions last for about one week. The most, two. And then we kind of resort to our familiar and same old patterns. But if you're going to make a difference in this year, if you're going to have this year significantly different from any other year before, if you're going to make this year count, you can't be a statistic. You can't just last it for two weeks or one month even and and a couple of days and then go back to your old patterns because here's an important fact. Old patterns don't give you new results. Old patterns don't give you new results. And so starting something new is always difficult. It's always hard because it's brand new. You've never done this before. And so the first time you do something is always the worst time to do something because it's difficult. It's hard. It's new. It's frustrating. It's stressing because you've never done this activity. You've never done this planning. You've never done this before. So it's always going to be the worst at it. But the more you do it, the better you get. So today I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to be honest with yourself because a lot of New Year resolutions deal with how we look on the external, how we look to the world, how we look to other people, how we have our self-image, our self-being, our self-health. But today I'm going to ask you a question that I want you to lean in. And this is the question. What do you want your spiritual life to be this year? Where do you want your spiritual life to be this year? The same as last? Are you happy with where you are? Do you want to grow a little bit more? Do you want to mature a little bit more? Do you want to have a little bit more of a closer walk with God? 
Do you want your life to grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit? Where do you want your spiritual life to be this year? See, when we get to the end of the year or the start of a new year, we kind of have an opportunity to question ourselves, to kind of have an introspective view. We think about our life and we say, well, what did I do this year? What did I achieve this year? What did I accomplish this year? There's, then there's an internal interrogation that goes on, if you will. And like most of us, we question, why did we do what we do? Have we achieved something? That's the opportunity for a new year to start off a new page, a turn of a fresh leaf onto a new opportunity and a new way of living, a new idea of thinking. But let's ask ourselves, where are you in your walk with God? Are you happy with where you are? Do you want to see a little bit grow? And like most people, as I said before, they focus on their well-being, their health, their outlook, their finances. They examine their actual externalness. But this morning, I want you to examine your spiritual life. Check out the temperature of where you are in your spiritual journey with God. And I want to encourage you to examine yourself in the little bit of time we have this morning to take an introspective view and measure yourself of where you are with God. And so, like many of you, I did that. Maybe you did that for other resolutions, but I'm asking you to do this morning. But let me tell you where I am when I examine myself in my spiritual walk. And to be honest, I'm not happy with my spiritual life. I'm not happy with it right now. I would like it to be a little bit more healthy. I want to be a little bit more consistent in building one of the most important relationships in my life. And that is with my Heavenly Father. Because there's many things that happened last year that took away my focus and pulled me in different directions and took away some of my time and took away some of my energy and perhaps the most important relationship of my life I did not lean into as much as I should have. Give it as much attention as I should have. And I'm being transparent with you this morning and saying to you, I'm not where I want to be. I want to be a little bit more healthy in my spiritual life. So this morning... I want to help you and I want to help me lean into this question this morning. What can help me grow a little bit closer to Jesus this year? And I hope you join me and lean into this as well. And so be honest with yourself this morning. And I hope that you will make a decision by the end of our time today. A small one, a big one, a significant one. But one decision that will help you move a little bit closer to God this year that your spiritual thermometer goes up a degree or two because that is what's going to actually significantly impact your life it's not having more stuff it's not getting new things but it's actually raising your spiritual thermometer a little bit higher that's going to actually change that we collectively help ourselves and help each other grow a little bit more, lean in a little bit more, serve a little bit more, give of ourselves to God's plan and God's purposes a little bit more, to His church a little bit more. 
And the result of that, I want to encourage you, is that you will be better and healthier and in better shape to live a life that brings true significance and meaning. Because the more we become like Jesus, the more the world will benefit from us. The more we can impact those around us and see true transformation take place. We need to seize from our old patterns and engage with a new system to create lasting impact. Because old patterns don't bring new transformation. Old ways don't change for positive outlook. And to encourage us this morning, we're going to look at one of the most significant authors of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul wrote perhaps the largest portion of our New Testament. And Paul has such wisdom and depth of understanding when it comes to realizing how changing patterns actually shifts us from a place of stagnation to a place of potential growth. And so his love for God's people and his urgency for them to discover their place in God's plan prompts Paul to write this to a church that he hasn't been to for a long time. And so Paul journeys, as he journeys through his mission, going through Corinth in about 57 AD, he writes this letter to the Jesus followers in Rome, who at that time were living under the shadow of a Roman empire that did not necessarily value what they valued, have an outlook of what they had an outlook from. They did not share the same values as Christ followers. And it would have been easy for them, being submerged in an alien culture, to just adopt what everyone else around them did. To just follow along with the patterns of those that were around them. And so Paul is writing this letter because he wants them to take an understanding, to get an understanding of what's been happening around them. And for them not to take the shape of the culture around them, but to actually step in, as Elliot said this morning, to what God has for them. And God has a significant plan for every single one of us. And sometimes we're aware of it, and sometimes we disconnect it, and sometimes we just ignore it. So Paul, Paul's letter urges them to dive into what God has for them. So it, was this, it is with the same brushstrokes that he writes to them that we can also use today to paint our lives with the same pattern that Paul encourages us to do. And so this is what he says to them as he writes to them. He says this, Therefore, I urge you, and I want to stop right there and ask you to lean into that word right there. I urge you. Do you feel Paul's urgency and weight to what he's saying? He doesn't use that word, Lila. I urge you, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, I'm asking you with urgency. I urge you. Right? It's important. When someone says, pay attention, it means important. And Paul is saying, I'm urging you, pay attention to what I'm about to say, because this is so important. I urge you, 
the urgency and the love that he's expressing through those words. And he says this, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, and this is your true and proper worship. In the light of what God has done for us, He's given us the ability to create a brand new year, a brand new life, a brand new situation. The past has been put away. Last year is gone. It doesn't have and should not have an impact on your life. And yes, the past sometimes haunts us, but you as a creative being in the sight created by God have the ability to create like He does a brand new situation in a brand new year. You can put away your past mistakes. Your past failures don't have to weigh you down anymore. They don't have to burden you anymore. Yes, maybe last year was not the greatest year for you, but better days are coming because the page has been turned. The calendar has turned. You have a brand new opportunity. So therefore, he says, Put into practice what I'm urging you to do, what Paul is begging us to do, what he's saying I want you to do with all urgency. And this is what he says with urgency. Present your bodies to God as what? As a living sacrifice. Now, most of us, we don't do that. We give the leftovers, we give a potion, we plan our week, and then we think about whether we can give something to God of our time, of our energy, of our finances. We give the remnants. But Paul is saying, no, you've had the wrong perspective. I urge you to present your bodies first as a living sacrifice to God. And then he adds something dramatic, something mind-blowing for most of us. Because he says this, this, the presentation of your bodies as a living sacrifice, this is your true and proper worship. That is worship. Most of us, we think worship is coming on Sunday, standing up here, lifting our hands, singing a few songs, and then sitting down. That's what we define as worship. That's what we think, okay, I'm going to go and worship God, sing a few songs, look a bit lethargic, maybe I'll engage, maybe if people around me are lifting their hands, then I'll maybe slide up my hand, check out what's happening around me, thinking about who's texting me, who's liking my Instagram post, who's following me on Facebook. And maybe I'll engage for a few seconds, but my mind's somewhere else. We think that's worship. Paul has a drastic different view of worship. He says the presentations of our body to God, that is true and proper worship. So how do we present our bodies to God? This is a different view of what you and I would consider worship. But Paul says that true worship is actually surrendering your will, your body, and giving it over to God. Putting yourself in a place of submission. 
We sang a song this morning, and I didn't even know we were singing that, but they sang it, we surrender. Surrender means I don't have any rights anymore. Surrender means I'm giving myself into your hands. Surrender means I am stopped struggling anymore. I'm stopped fighting anymore because I've seized that activity. I'm going to lay my arms down and not fight anymore. That's what surrender means. And Paul says true worship is surrendering yourself into the hands of a living God. That is true worship. Not just opening up your mouth and singing. Not just giving sometimes when you feel like it and when you, don't, when you don't feel like it. But true worship is laying yourself down into the hands of a living God. That's true worship. Because here's the gist of it. Because doing that actually brings benefit to your life. Because you don't know what's best for you. He does. You don't know where you should go. He does. You don't know what you need in your life, but He does. Anytime you wrestle control away from God and put it on self, you're saying, I know better than you what I need in my life. And you can see the benefit or the disaster of that. Some of you have made choices that have ended up in difficult places. Because you decided that you were in control of you. You decided that you know best. You decided that I know what's best for me. But Paul says, true worship, true acknowledgement is putting yourself into the hands of God that does know what's best for you. So if you define worship according to what Paul says, he says, presenting yourself, your living self to a God on a continual basis and allowing yourself to be molded into what he has for you, that is true worship. It's not what you do on a Sunday. It's what you do every moment of your life, every second of your day, where you surrender over and over and over in every situation and every circumstance, whether it's difficult, where it's good, where it's bad, you surrender and you say, God, I need you more than I need to discover what I want. This is what God desires for you and for me and for us to lean into. And this is what's going to benefit us. That God directs our steps. That God moves us into the places, into the positions, into the areas that he desires for our life because that is what's going to benefit you and not what you decide is going to benefit you. Then he continues in this vital point. He says this, which we've been touching on this whole morning. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't follow the patterns of what you have been doing all this time because those patterns and that lifestyle and those choices didn't bring you anything. So don't conform. And the word conform means it's like you're pouring a liquid into the bottle. As you pour the liquid into the bottle, the liquid takes the shape of the bottle. It doesn't have its own shape. It conforms 
to the shape it's been poured into. So Paul is saying, you're being poured out and you're taking the shape of whatever's around you. So don't conform to the things around you, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. See, it's easy to fall into a pattern of things around you. And in fact, the culture we live in is already at work in you, whether you're aware of it or not. You don't have to try to be like the culture around you. The more you interact with it, the more you interact with it and more you deal with it, the more you sit with it, the more it's being formed in you. You are adopting its pattern and you might not even be aware of it. Many weeks ago, I told you about our brain patterns. That when we hang around with people, our brain patterns align with the people we hang around with the most. You don't have to try it to do it. It just automatically happens. Scientists have studied brain patterns and they've told us this. And so you don't have to try to fit into the culture around you. It's happening to you automatically and you're not even aware of it. It has a way of creeping into our life by what you watch on TV. The people you hang out with, the words that you speak, the attitudes of the people around you. In fact, everything in your world is causing you to be like the culture around you. And you're not even aware of it. And so Paul is saying, with this understanding in place, you have to make an intentional choice in your life to not conform, but transform. Not conform, but transform. And the only way to transform is to begin to change the pattern of your thinking. Stop thinking the way you used to think. Think in a different way. In fact, Proverbs tells us, so written by one of the wisest men that ever lived, he says, as a man thinks, so he is. Because what you think about, you will become. What you watch, you will enact. What you see will become part of your attitudes. Because as you think, you will become. The world shapes us already. So think about this. The way we think shapes the way we live. The way we think shapes the way we live. The word shape comes from this Greek word morpho, right? Which is where we get our English word metamorphosis. Have you heard that word? Metamorphosis. The dictionary defines metamorphosis as a change of the form of or nature of a thing or a person into a completely different one. Transformation requires metamorphosis. For you to change in nature or form from one person, a way of thinking, into a completely different way of thinking. Here's what I want you to understand. Our shape determines our function. Our shape determines our function. The shape of our lives determine how effective we are in life. And this applies to everything. If you're physically out of shape, you can't run a marathon. 
If you're intellectually out of shape, you can't sit down and write a test or pass an exam because you haven't studied for it. And if you're spiritually out of shape, you can't be effective in God's plan and in the church. Because shape determines effectiveness. So you will never find your true place in God's kingdom. You'll never find your true place in the church because you're spiritually out of shape. So maybe last year you did all the right things. You showed up to all the right events. You showed up on Sunday. You looked the part. You said the right things. But inwardly, you were not in the right shape. Inwardly, you went where you should be. Many of us see our shape for religion. We think religion is the way. And we attend church, and we show up, give of our time, we stand in line, we sit in rows, we lift our hands, but we're not in shape inwardly. And because we're not in shape inwardly, we're not effective in the church and in our world. Because being in shape with God is not about religion, it's about relationship. Each of us have a part to play in God's plan and God's purpose. We arrived with purpose. We did not come by accident. You were created by purpose. In fact, purpose is what created you. God had a purpose and he created you to fulfill it. You thought you arrived and then God gave you a purpose. No, God had purpose in mind before he created you. And you came to fulfill his purpose. And each of us in God's plan, in God's kingdom, in God's church have been designed and gifted with a particular plan and purpose. Most of us, because we're out of shape spiritually, have never discovered our true purpose. Have never stepped into what God has for us in the church, in our life. Because inwardly, our shape is not healthy. So Paul continues with this understanding as he begins to talk to these people in the Roman church and he says this, you're all parts of the same body. You're part of one body and that's Christ. And so Paul says this, for each as us, each as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function. He's talking about our natural body. He says, your body has many parts, and now your body parts have different functions. They don't have the same function. So in Christ we are, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So Paul is urging us, he's encouraging us, he's reminding us, first, don't conform to the pattern of the world around you, because then you'll be no different from the culture. See, we do things in culture and we don't understand it. You buy the same clothes everyone else has because that's all that's available. So you look like them without even understanding. But you want to be fashionable, you're going to buy the new fashion, what's in for today, what's in, but you've adopted culture and you're not even aware of it. I'm not telling you to go out there and now dress in like some 
backwards thing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying be aware of how culture infuses your life on a consistent basis. We dress. We watch the same shows. Everyone else watches. We talk about them with our friends. We go to the same restaurants. We eat the same food. We talk about the same cultures. We talk about the same events. And so culture becomes automatic. Paul is saying, be aware. Do not conform to the things that are around you. Don't conform to culture. Don't follow its pattern because it's going to get from the outside in the inside pretty soon. And when it's on the inside, you won't be spiritually in shape anymore because you're out of sync with what God is doing in the world. And your world becomes more important than what God has. But Paul says, don't conform, but rather be transformed. Now, transformation can't happen on your own. Transformation is a catalyst that comes from the outside. Because if you know how to redeem yourself, you won't need a redeemer. If you know how to save yourself, you wouldn't need anyone else's help. So transformation comes from the outside. And God is the initiator of transformation. Because he once took us from a place of in attitude of ingratitude and he brought us into his kingdom and he made us part of his family. He did that. And so that's why Paul says at the start, in view of God's mercies, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Start to think the way God wants you to think. It's a change of shape on the inside to look like Christ. That's the metamorphosis, a change of who you are into something else. We are shaped to be like Christ. So our shape will be effective when we are Christ-like. Because again, our shape determines our effectiveness. So while culture pulls us into its pattern... We need to make a decision to be allowed to be transformed by Christ. So in 2023, you and I need to decide to get in a little bit better shape to be effective in God's kingdom, in the church, and in our community. So let's work on ourselves to have Christ formed in us. And so Paul says, I want you to follow this. Don't be conformed, be transformed, and then have Christ formed in you. Do you follow that? Don't conform, be transformed, and have Christ formed in you. So rather than following the pattern or being shaped this way, you have to have a transformation, that's the middle part that comes with Christ, and then when Christ is poured into you, you can form like him. That's what Paul is trying to communicate. Don't follow the patterns of this world, but for have Christ formed in you. But transformation is what is necessary before you have the formation. So, to be spiritually active, we need to get in shape to be effective. 
So God wants us to be in shape so we can grow and mature and be part of faith community. So as culture pulls you to form its pattern, I'm trying to pull you in the opposite direction to tell you to be formed like Christ. And that requires a transformation from the inside out. We've all been designed to be part of this faith community. Because God adopted us into his family. To be effective and to be in shape for God. So we have to be in shape to love one another effectively. We have to be in shape to love those that are coming in that have problems and issues. Because we have to love them with the love of God and not your partial love. We have to be in shape to give of ourselves in church and to be effectively used to discover our gifts, our talents, to step up and be part of what God is doing in this community, in this world, to impact the world with significance. We have to be in shape. We need to be in shape to be able to stand up on a platform. We need to be in shape to play an instrument. We need to be in shape to join a team. We need to be in shape to join and love like Jesus loved, to serve on the host team, to serve on the cleaning team, to serve on whatever team. We have to be in shape spiritually because otherwise we'll not be able to do it the way Jesus does it. So this year, find what you are formed to do. Discover where you fit in God's plan. Because when you do, you will grow in your love for God, for His people, and for His purpose. And that makes you get in shape spiritually. Anything worth anything comes at a cost. It costs you to be formed like Christ. You might have to give up these patterns and these habits that you had last year. You might have to stop going to some places that you hung out with that didn't benefit you. You might stop hanging out with people that actually didn't do anything for your life but pulled you down. It's going to cost you something. But when you give yourselves over to God's purpose, you'll be immensely rewarded and grow in a significantly better way. There's a cost. Imagine, if you will, how effective the church would be if every single person in here was doing what God designed them to do. Imagine how amazing it would be. We could reach people. We could love people. We could welcome people. We could host people. We could touch people's lives. We could minister in all the gifts and talents that God has in you already that's just sitting on a bench and not being used. Imagine how effective the church would be. Imagine how effective if every gift was expressed. We don't have to struggle to fill roles and to beg people to do certain things and to fill seats and to fill lives and to fill people's inadequacies because the gifts would be overflowing. Imagine how amazing it would be if every single person in church actually tithed the way they should they would have no financial problems. They won't be struggling in any way. Imagine how amazing the church would be if we all decided to surrender to God's will and not make our will the most important thing. Some of us are being pulled into conforming to the pattern of this culture. And I'm trying this morning to pull you into the shape of Christ. 
by saying being present and attending church is important. And you're pulling away. Some of you are pulling away to conform to culture because you're saying, I don't need to be there every week. I can just come occasionally. But I'm saying, I'm saying be pulled in this direction because every time you come, you're going to experience God and His message for you and encouragement. Where else do you get that every week? That's what's going to help you transform. Playing soccer on a pitch is not going to help you transform. Hanging out at a barbecue, as fun as it is, great food and all, delicious food, but that's going to help you get healthy spiritually. Some of you are pulling in that direction. Giving and tithing is pulling away and conforming to culture because culture says it's about me first. I take care of my needs and whatever else is there, then maybe I'll consider. And I'm trying to tell you, to get in shape by pulling you in this direction and saying, when you give, you're thinking less about yourself and you're thinking more about God. You're thinking more about self, less, less than selfishness. And you're becoming more like Christ because Christ came to give. And internally, you're getting in shape. You're going from being selfish to selfless like Jesus. You're conforming to culture when you don't come and engage with people in the faith community. You might come on Sunday and then you leave right away. And I'm telling you, stay around, hang around with people, talk to someone, go downstairs, meet someone you never talked to before, engage with their life, form a friendship, because that's going to pour into you. And some of you are pulling away from that. And I'm trying to pull you back into shape. You say, I got this. I don't need anyone. I'll live my own life. I'll live my best life. But we're not designed to live in isolation. We're designed to be part of a faith community where God is the center. So as you're pulling away, I'm trying to pull you back into shape in the form of Christ. So we have to move from independence to dependence. We have to move from selfishness to unselfishness. We have to move from living in isolation to being part of faith communities. We have to get in shape this year to be, in power, be part of what God is doing in this year, in this church, and in this community. Because I remind you again, your shape determines your effectiveness. So here are some tips as we come to a close that can help you implement some small steps that help you grow in faith and your connection to God and to your faith community. At the start of this, I said I hope that you'll make one decision, one small decision or a big decision that will help you move into the direction of getting in shape for God. So choose to get in shape this year. Here's some suggestions. Start by making being present on a Sunday a priority. That doesn't mean that something, doesn't come, something comes up in an emergency. That's okay. But if you prioritize something, you're going to make sure it's important. You schedule around it. So choose this year that when Sunday happens, Sunday morning at 10, you're here because that's going to encourage you. This year, join a team. Pick any team in the church. You'll soon discover if that's not for you and you can join another team. But try something new. Be part of community. Because that community touches lives. 
make a new year resolution by being consistent in your giving and tithing. Because Christ is going to be formed in you. Invite a friend to read one scripture a day with you. Just one. It'll take you less than a minute. But that's going to help Christ be formed in you. Stay after church and talk to one person you never knew before. And try to build a relationship with them. Pray two minutes each day consistently. Two minutes. Start with two. Help organize things in the church. Give her your time. Greet people at the door once a month. There's an endless list of things you can all come up with. What I'm saying is we're here to help you and things are available to you. But you have to take the first step. You have to make that decision. All these things will help you grow and much more. But you have to make the choice to make 2023 great and to be filled and get in shape spiritually. So I have two questions with for you, and then we'd, we'll pray. Question one, what can you do today? Now, while you're sitting here and hearing this message, you're feeling some internal tension. There's things that you've considered. Some thoughts are going through your head. Some feelings are going through your heart. And if you don't make a decision now, when you go downstairs and get in your car, you'll be like, eh, I don't have to worry about it. That's what will happen. Guarantee you. If you don't want to make a decision now, right here, right now, when you get downstairs and talk to people and get in your car, you'll forget about it or you'll think it's not important anymore. Because that's how culture works. That's the pattern. It's not important anymore. So make a decision now. Write it down on your phone. Write it down on a piece of paper. Tell it to someone next to you so they can hold you accountable because that's what's important. So ask yourself, what can you do today to take a step towards making this year a year of growth? What can you do? What can you implement? What can you put in place? How can you get in shape? Which instantly leads us to question two. Where in the church can you start getting in shape? Right? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for God to come down with his angelic host and tell you, John, it's you I want you to come. Step up. No. Susan. God's already given you the gift. He's planted it in you. It's your responsibility to bring it out. You were formed with it. You were created with it. So where in the church can you start getting in shape? Pick a team, as I said before. Any team. It doesn't matter. <laughs> There's a suggestion right there. Different places, different avenues. As you begin to give of yourself to God... Christ has formed in you because you're taking on the character of Christ. Because Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. For God so loved the world that He gave. You see it over and over again. 
And if we are to be true Christ followers, Jesus followers, made in his image, formed to his likeness, taking on his characteristics, we also have to serve and to give like Jesus did. Because only then will we become like him. Some of us have been praying, saying, God, make me like you. And God's like, well, there's opportunities around you. Go do what I did. Praying to be like Christ is not going to make you like Christ, honestly. Because Christ is more than just an identity. He's also a purpose. So, if you want to be like Christ, we need to have the attitudes of Christ. And that's a good thing to pray about. But to be formed like Christ, we need to be in acting like Christ. And that's being and doing like Jesus did. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.